Welcome to another episode of the Transfer Portal Podcast presented by No Context CFB. I am your host, Dylan. We have a fantastic show for you this week. We have Dave Pash, our special guest, on as our guest picker. Dave, how are you? I'm great, guys. You guys are funny. Good to be on with you guys. I enjoy your posts on, on Twitter. I get a kick out of them. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It is an honor and a pleasure for sure to have you. We are also joined by Brian and Liam. Brian, welcome back to the show. You just did the, the week four recap show. How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing great. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened week four. Uh, definitely a lot of storylines to follow going into week five. It's probably, probably coming to one of the, the biggest weekends of college football so far. Month About a month in, we're starting to kind of see who, who's, who's for real and who's not. So it's a very exciting time, and um, I'm excited to get into it for sure. We have an awesome slate for sure. A couple of top 10 games, a lot of really exciting ones. I know Liam at some point is probably going to talk about Montana and Eastern Washington as well, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Liam, how are we doing? I'm doing good. You know, anytime you could beat Stanford after losing to big brother Fresno State, it's it's good. So UCLA is back on the right track. I'm sure Bill Walton might know about that. He's probably ecstatic. Uh, excited for this October 5th uh, college football Saturday. I've been looking at it since like week one of the season. This slate is loaded. Uh, there's so much good stuff going on at the FBS level and FCS level. So very excited. Absolutely. And we just want to kick it to Dave real fast. Just kind of introduce yourself, let people know what you got going on and you know sure. who you are in case anybody doesn't know. Sure. Yep. Dave Pash is my name, and I'm a broadcaster for ESPN, uh, doing college football, college basketball, and the NBA, and doing uh, Arizona Cardinals games on Sundays. So I've been at ESPN now since 2003, and with the Cardinals since uh, since 2002. And I'm just uh, again, I get a kick out of you guys. So glad to be glad to be on with you. Definitely appreciate you having you know being on the show today, um, spending the time. I know you have. A lot of games that you're calling, like you said, you do all kinds of sports and they're having you all over the place. So uh, what games are you going to be calling this weekend? So, yeah, we've got uh, Texas uh, against TCU in Fort Worth on Saturday. And then the Cardinals are uh, at the Rams Sunday. So we got two three and oh teams on Sunday and the Texas team. We just had them last week, too. Man, they looked impressive uh, and everybody's talking about them again. This is kind of when. Uh, we, we sometimes see them go the other way when everybody's talking positively about them. How do they handle that? So I'm, I'm just as interested as everybody else to see how it all plays out on Saturday. Definitely. And we want to kick it off and start with our player focus, just one player that we're looking to potentially break out or, you know, just kind of the matchup that we're looking for if they match up against a certain team or player. Uh, Liam, let's start with you. Who are you looking at to, to have a big day on Saturday? Yeah, so last week you asked me and you said, you know, you're probably going with the group of five guy. I'm not this time. I'm stooping even lower. We're going to the FCS level. You spoke about Montana, Eastern Washington, number six, uh, number four, Montana against number six, Eastern Washington. This game's getting the ESPN2 treatment on Saturday night at 730 Pacific. Really looking forward to it. Uh, my guy, Eric Barrier, the quarterback for Eastern Washington, is the best player in the FCS. This is a take I've held for a few years, even when Trey Lance was at NDSU. So maybe I wasn't right then, but I'm right now. This guy is a stud, and he's showing that he could do a lot more than just uh, than just run the ball. He's been passing at, at such a high level this year. 
He's 110 for 158 with a passer rating of 190.8. He's thrown for 1,698 yards in four games. He, he's, him and Eastern scored like 56 points in the first half against Western Illinois a, a few weeks ago. The offense is explosive. He's thrown 16 touchdowns, just two interceptions. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking for him to have a big game against the Montana defense that is really impressed. We saw them go and beat Washington. Who, who saw that coming? They held Washington to seven points. They held their other two opponents to seven points each. So in three games, they've given up 21 points, exactly seven per. It's going to be a fun matchup between EWU's high-flying offense against the Montana defense. It's really tough. Rivalry game. Looking for Eric Barrier to have a great game. Definitely excited to watch that one. The red field is going to be kind of an eyesore, so I might have to you know, put some eye drops in before I watch that one. Brian, who are you looking for? Um, who's your focus for this week? Yeah, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm not going with a specific player. I'm going with the with the, uh, a group of guys, specifically the Arkansas offensive line. I'm very intrigued by the offensive line. Uh, we all know how Sam, who Sam Pittman is and what he does, what he's done at Georgia, what he, he was at Georgia for a while, and he built that offensive line uh Man, that Georgia offensive line was incredible. Uh, and he gets his opportunity in Arkansas, and he kind of picks back up where he left off. He's built this offensive line in less than two years. I mean, he last year was with, with COVID and everything, the way he the way he didn't have – uh, there was no spring practices or anything like that. And uh, they're doing – he's doing an amazing job with that offensive line. I'm intrigued to see how he's, they're going to do against this stout Georgia defense, uh, especially that, that front seven uh, on the defense side of the ball. Just an amazing group of guys uh, for, for Georgia's defense. So I want to see how they kind of – how do they stack up? How do they, uh, um, you know, are they able to to manage that throughout the entire game and hopefully see what the game's going to look like? But that's what I'm looking forward to this week. And Dave, how about you? Who are some guys that you're looking for to have a, a big week? I, I think the biggest one for me, and it's not just this Saturday against Kansas State, but, you know, next week against Texas and beyond is Spencer Rattler. You know, what what's happened there? We had them week one. And against Tulane, he played well for a while. And then all of a sudden, Tulane got back in the game. He made some mistakes. I, I, it was kind of crazy the other night watching the game against West Virginia. He's getting booed. They're, uh, you know, yelling for the backup quarterback. Uh, he, he went from the Heisman favorite to a guy that <laughs> there are many people wondering if he should be starting on his team. So it's just been such a weird a decline through the first four games, but I, I still think he's pretty talented and I wouldn't be surprised if over the next couple of weeks, not that he gets back into the Heisman conversation, but that, you know, maybe we're eating our words, you know, because he's still really one of the most talented guys in college football. 100%. Yeah. Rattler was my Heisman favorite. And uh, early on, that wasn't looking like a, a great pick, but I still think he'll bounce back and have a really solid year as conference play goes on. Um, for me, I'm going with a Cincinnati defensive back, and his name is not Sauce Gardner. Um, I'm going with Arquan Bush. I think he's had a really solid start to the year. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, Sauce Gardner doesn't get a lot of action. They don't throw the ball his way for obvious reasons. He's one of the best DBs in college football. Um, but Arquan leads the team and passes defense and pass breakups, interceptions, that kind of stuff. Um, he's going to need to be a lockdown corner against guys like Kevin Austin and Chris Tyree for Notre Dame. Um, I'm really looking for for Cincinnati's defense as a whole to really step up and and lead the way there. 
Um, and we talked about the Heisman picks a little bit. Dave, I want to know who your Heisman front runner is at this point. I'm very curious to know. Probably Bryce Young. It's so early, but 15 touchdowns, one pick, Alabama rolling. It's uh, maybe that's low hanging fruit to pick the quarterback at Alabama right now, but I don't know. I maybe there's some other guys that'll emerge. Um, you know, we have Bijan Robinson this week again at Texas. Somehow, you know, gets rolling here and they win again big this week and beat Oklahoma. You know, maybe maybe Robinson. He's got seven total touchdowns, so he'd really have to get hot. Uh, you know, JT Daniels still. If you know Georgia wins this week and they you know, wins, you know, they go undefeated and he has some big games. You know, I barely, he barely played against Vanderbilt. That's not going to help his numbers, but I, I'd have to say young at this point. Liam, who's your guy so far? I love that they've brought up Bijan because that dude is just a sensational talent. That's going to be tearing up the NFL for years to come. It'd be sick if he could make a Heisman run. I'm going with the other quarterback in the Ole Miss Bama game though. I'm just going with Matt Corral, the high flying Lane Kiffin offense. It's just so fun to watch. Uh, I think what really benefits him is that this Heisman vote is so much of what those voters are watching and they don't really watch every player as we know from previous years and who was voted for so just being in this electric offense and a fun team that voters will be watching all year I think Corral really caters to the audience as, as we call him Matt Golden Corral uh, he he's gonna have a golden season as we've already seen him and see him have and I think what's also really helping him is picking up these rushing touchdowns he had those four rushing touchdowns the other week uh he's not Lamar Jackson but he's flying away into the end zone and I'll never forget him trucking that Louisville defender on Monday night in week one he put that kid on the ground and the Corral's just a, a very fun player to watch Brian you know Dave mentioned JT Daniels is that who you're going with or are you going with somebody else no, I don't think I don't think Kirby Smart uh, lets J JT Daniels win the Heisman because he doesn't play him enough. I think he takes him out. You know, as soon as Georgia goes up fourteen nothing, here comes Stetson Bennett or Carson Beck in the game, and 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 I think Dave alluded to that. He does, he hasn't. He, I don't think he's going to play enough to be in that conversation. You know, um, you you turn on Alabama and they're up sixty two to nothing, and Bryce Young is still out there throwing dimes. So, uh, you know, if 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 Kirby Smart can kind of let JT, you know give them a little bit more slack and then just go out there and let them play and, and, and extended minutes. And even if they're up by two, by four or five touchdowns, I mean, he didn't play after the first quarter against Vanderbilt. I mean, yeah, they were up 35 to nothing, but he looked sensational. So um, it's very interesting to see, um, you know, we talked a lot about quarterbacks we have a lot of quarterbacks, you know, at the end of the season, we talked a lot about quarterbacks, Spencer rather like Dave alluded to Sam Howell, uh, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter, these types of guys who, kind of were above all else, but they haven't really been that great. Uh, this, this is probably the first year in a long time that we haven't had elite quarterback play uh, at least, you uh, know, um, throughout, throughout the landscape of college football. So I think this year, I think we have to go with Bryce Young, you know, like, like it's kind of the easy pick there or um, Matt Corral, uh, but kind of a dark horse. I think it's, if there's anybody going to be, a, if there's ever a time for a defensive player to win the Heisman, I would think it will be this year with the lack of quarterback play uh, of such elite quarterback play. So maybe a Kayvon Thibodeau can get in there and win a Heisman trophy uh, this year. I mean, he's been sensational. He did miss a game 
um, against Ohio State, but you know that didn't derail Oregon that much. If Oregon can keep rolling, and Kevon Thibodeau can be a big part of that defense, uh, I could see him being at least you know getting invited to New York City and maybe possibly sneaking enough votes. I still think it's an offensive award at this point in time. You know, I don't think we'll see a defensive winner, but if there's if there's any better time to do that, I don't. I think it's this year. So watch out for Kevon Thibodeau. But my safe pick, I'm going to go with Bryce Young as well. Man, Kayvon would really have to pick it up because he, he did miss that Ohio State game. He actually missed the Stony Brook game after that, and he only played a few snaps against Arizona. So he's really got his work cut out for him. I feel like you'd have to average like two sacks, two and a half sacks a game in order to get that. Because like you said, it is an offensive award. Um, and for me, I am going with an offensive player as well. Liam might be happy about this. I, we talked about it a little bit last night, but I went with Jake Hayner as my front runner. I love what I've seen from him so far. 15 touchdowns, two picks. I mean, you talk about those guys that kind of have that Heisman moment every year. Like it's usually towards the end of the year, but I think Jake Hayner with that comeback, that just gritty performance against UCLA, Liam knows all too much about that. Um, But that was just like a Heisman moment for me. And, you know, he's really taken a step up last year. You know, he he was one of the top leaders in passing yards per game. He's gotten even better this year. Uh, He's got just a loaded receiver core, Ronnie Rivers at running back, Jordan Mims, they're just a really solid team. And I think they could honestly run the table the rest of the way. Um, so my front runner is Jake. Uh, I'm calling him Jake Heisman. I almost said it on automatic there just because I've been saying it all year long. Um, but we want to kick it off with our the games that we're going to pick. Um, and Brian, you're the Georgia guy. We're going to start with Arkansas and Georgia. Just kind of talk about what you're looking for in that game and, and who you're picking, if it's even in question. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, it's it's a lot closer than I think a lot of people give Arkansas credit for. I think, you know, the, the line is opening up at 18 and a half or 19 and a half. And I think that might be a little bit generous towards Georgia. I mean, uh, you know, like I alluded to before on, on, on what to watch for this weekend, I'm really interested to see that offensive line for Arkansas. They do lead. You know, they're, they're, they're up there in rushing yards. They, they, they know how to run the ball behind that offensive line. I think that's one thing they did very well against uh, Texas A&M is they got up early and they were able to control the game after that. You know, they were they kind of played keep away uh, with the clock and, and with everything going forward. So I think if, if Arkansas can come in and, and, you know, somehow, I think if they do come in and get the ball first and go down the field and score, and which is – it's a tall task against this mighty Georgia defense. I don't think I've ever seen Georgia's defense be this good. Um, and I've been a Georgia fan since I was born. So uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it this good. They're just sensational. Uh, but if Arkansas can come in there and score early, maybe get an early touchdown and go up seven, nothing and kind of just manage the game at that point, kind of what Georgia used to do with Jake Fromm is they take an early lead and then just pound the running backs with Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and DeAndre Swift. And now um, with the door or their stable backs now um, kind of just manage the game at that point, it could be a lot. It might be a lot closer than we think, but um, Arkansas is not built to play to to come back. I don't think they be, they're they're going to be able to come back if they fall out early, uh, if they fall behind early. So if Georgia comes in here and does be, uh, goes explosive like they've been the last few weeks, um, I think it's going to be hard for Arkansas to come back. So I do think Georgia's going to win. Um, I don't think it's going to be a 19 point win. I think maybe I'm looking at a a, a 28 17. I don't. But even that, I don't know if Georgia's defense can give up 17 points. But um, I think it'll be a lot closer. I think it'll be a comfortable win, but it'll be closer than what we think is going to happen. So that's my opinion on that. And Dave, what is your opinion on Arkansas and Georgia? 
Boy, if Arkansas wins this week, <laughs> maybe they should be number one. I, <laughs> I don't see it happening. Georgia, I, I had, I have a podcast as well. It's a, you know, it's through the Cardinals brand, but we do cover a lot of things. And Kirk Herbstreit was the guest this week, and uh, we were talking about, you know, he's doing the game on Saturday, and just talking about how, you know, Georgia's always had talent, but it just seems like right now they have more dudes than than ever. I mean, that defense. I just don't know how Arkansas is going to score uh, against them. So I think Georgia wins that, you know, if, if this year is any indication, Arkansas keeps it close for a while, but I, I just feel like, you know, Georgia has way too much talent not to win that game and, and win, win it rather easily. Liam, we go to you. Are you going three for three here? Are you picking Georgia too? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Uh, I have Georgia winning 27 to 10. I just don't really see how Arkansas is going to be able to move the ball in this stout Georgia defense. Uh, like, credit to Arkansas, though, for being 4 0 right now with elite wins over Texas and Texas AM. Now they're really in this daunting part, this daunting gauntlet part of their schedule where it, it's hard to find wins. They have, they had AM last week, shocked us, won that. Georgia this week, Ole Miss next week, Auburn in two weeks or three weeks. It's it's tough for them. We'll see how Arkansas goes about their business, but definitely been impressed by them. And one last point uh, to what Dave brought up too is uh, this is a lot. So when Kirby Smart had his first number one class, was it a couple years ago? There, these are this is that senior class. So I think that's what that that's an attest to how good they are. Is because this. That, the, that freshman class of what 2017, when they were their num- they had the number one recruiting class in, in, in the country, they're now seniors. And some of them are super seniors now because they, you know, we had, they have that extra year of eligibility. So um, to Dave's point, I think that's why we're kind of, we're seeing that Georgia defense be so good is because they've been in the building for so long. And a lot of them came back like Jordan Davis, uh, you know, he came back for his fifth year. So um, I think that, that, that shows a, that shows a lot to Georgia's defense is they've been in the building for a long time and they're, they're, they built a, a great, a foundation and and there's it's it's showing it's showing now that the holes are definitely closed at this point for georgia's defense and we've talked so highly about georgia's defense and like liam said credit to arkansas too i mean they've had a couple of really impressive wins and we talked about before that arkansas texas a&m game about how how good texas a&m's defense was and how they were the best passing defense in the country and arkansas just kind of tore them apart a little bit now, I think this, like you said, I think this Georgia defense is a bit different. There's a lot more talent. There's a lot more dudes, as Dave Pash said. Um, you know, in Georgia, when you look at the numbers, I mean, they've allowed 5.8 points per game through the first four, 181 yards a game. Um, and the, the thing that shocked me the most is Arkansas has allowed, or they've uh, churned up 261 rushing yards per game. Uh, Georgia's allowed 264 total this season. So I don't think Arkansas can keep up that art and you know, that run game that they've kind of built their name on this year. I think Georgia dominates. I've got them 28, um, seven. You know, I, I don't think they give up more than um, 10 points at the most. I just, I think their defense is that good. And I don't see Arkansas kind of settling in easily in Athens. I think it's just going to be too much um, for them. And I think we could kind of see the start of, you know, like you said, they have Ole Miss next week. I just think it's, it's going to be too much for them. Um, I kind of wish we had Andrew on because I know he likes, you know, he, he's talked a lot about our next game, the Michigan Wisconsin game. Um, but we want to start with Liam, you know, what's your, what's your take on Michigan versus Wisconsin? Kind of a big one for both teams. 
my take is I, ah, man, so just what Wisconsin did last week is just awful. It just is. Uh, and I still think they win this week. I think they get back to 500, go two and two. I'm taking Wisconsin to win 23 to 17. It's a, it's something I've said the last two weeks going back to Oklahoma State against Kansas State last week and then West Virginia against Virginia Tech two weeks ago. Strictly picking because of the betting line. <laughs> Strict reasoning here why I'm going with, with Wisconsin. Uh, they're plus half a point right now. A lot of money is going to be on Michigan. A lot of people are going to back Michigan. So literally picking Wisconsin because of the line. I'm going to pick Michigan just because of how – I think we've underrated how good their offense is. And it's not just because of like Blake Corman and Hassan Haskins. Like, obviously that's, you know, that's impressive. But I think what's the most impressive to me is that they're the only team in the country that has not turned the ball over and through four games. I think that's really impressive given how much they run it. They've only thrown it 65 times. They've run it 186 times. That's really impressive to me. Um, and they're averaging over 40 points per game. Now, you know, they've played Washington and Western Michigan and, you know, Rutgers. So maybe not the best opponents, but still it's, it's very impressive. Um, and the other thing is that they're one of only four teams to allow one sack or fewer. They've only allowed nine tackles for loss. I mean, everywhere you look on this offense, maybe minus the passing game, just how clean football they play. They don't, you know, they don't have a lot of penalties. They don't turn the ball over. It's very, very clean. But when you talk about Wisconsin's defense, I mean, that is a really tough defense. Um, and I think they, they did their, their job against Notre Dame. I mean, toward the end of the um, end of the game, they were kind of getting some good field position because of Graham Mertz's turnovers. But um, I like Michigan in this one in a close one, 21-17. I don't think Michigan's you know running game does what it's been doing all year. I think it slowed down a little bit. What we need to see is if Caden McNamara can throw the ball effectively if Wisconsin does shut down the run, which I expect they will. Um, can Michigan convert in the red zone? Uh, Wisconsin has one of the best red zone defenses in the country. So I'm really looking for those couple things, but I do think Michigan pulls it out. Dave, where are you going with this one? Yeah, for Michigan, man, this, this game feels huge, especially with Wisconsin. I think Paul Christ is five and seven in his last 12 games. Wisconsin not looking good early on. I, I think for Michigan to, this is the game where we know if they're really back. You know, this is a game that Jim Harbaugh seemingly has lost in, in the last five years. Whenever you start to believe in Michigan, they, they do something that makes you say, well, you know, it's just another team that, you know, maybe is eight and four, but if they can win this game, you know, they, they obviously have tougher games down the road, but at least it would be some confirmation that they're better. And they have, you know, the passing game has to be better. They're obviously running the ball. Great. Last week was a little scary. Greg Schiano, you knew Rutgers was going to be better and much improved. But I thought – I was a little surprised Michigan didn't pull away in that game last week. But I still think they win this game against Wisconsin. You know, I, I don't know if it'll be a double-figure win because I don't know that there's going to be a ton of points in this game. Uh, it's just my opinion. But I do think Michigan will win, maybe by a field goal. And, Brian, we go to you. What is your pick for Michigan and Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan as well. Um, I think it's going to be a game of possession, uh, basically who can maintain possession the longest. I think it's going to have the best chance to win, and I don't trust uh, Graham Ertz at all. I don't trust Wisconsin's offense at all um, to be able to keep the ball. And, you know, uh, I mean, he's thrown six interceptions. He has one touchdown pass uh, Graham Ertz has. So 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a game of possession. I think Michigan is going to be able, if if they're able to co- to uh, you know cause some turnovers and 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 maintain possession of the ball uh, for 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 quite a bit. I think you know like 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 Dave said, I think it'll be a field goal game, um, low scoring. Uh, and that's kind of the thing with Wisconsin this year. It looks like that's what they've been the mo for them. Is is you know we saw that against Penn State in week one. It was very low scoring, very very just you know a slog. It was just it wasn't very exciting. And we you know even last week against. Uh, against Notre Dame kind of got away from them late and really wasn't that exciting for them either. But so I think it's a game of possession. I think Michigan will, 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 will do a better job of that. Do a better job of, of uh, keeping the ball uh, and not coughing it up. So I'm going to go with Michigan. I think it'll be maybe 17 to 10, uh, something like that. Uh, that's where I'm going with that one. We go to the group of five and we go to the group of five mastermind himself. Liam, we're going to start with you for Nevada and Boise state. Um, on the Smurf turf, who are you picking for this one? Give me Nevada or give me death. That's that famous quote, right? I'm not tripping. That's the famous quote. Uh, look, Nevada hasn't – they've struggled on offense so far this season. I'm really just dumbfounded by it. Uh, as I spoke all offseason, they have one of the most talented passing attack groups in the country, and they're not, they're not being aggressive enough. They're not utilizing their weapons enough. Romeo Dubs only has one touchdown this year. What is that? Uh, they have a tough schedule to start. Um, and I still thought they would go 12-0, 11-1. Like, I'm so high on this team. I'm taking Nevada 38-30. I just need them to be more aggressive. They, they weren't aggressive enough at Kansas State. That hurt them so much. They were running the ball too much. There's too much wildcat. You have Carson Strong. You have the guy that really could be the QB1 in this draft class he's that dang good and you're going wildcat and taking the ball out of his hands what are we doing we saw him make a throw against kansas state where romeo dubs burned double coverage and and that ball was right in the bucket strong is such a tremendous talent i just need them to to let him throw 40 45 times let him hit hit dubs for 10 plus targets find elijah cooks in the red zone cole turner step up like he's made he's had some tough drops they're a very good team. They're not playing to their potential. And you're speaking up Fresno State as a team that can run the table. These teams, Fresno State and Nevada, play in a few weeks. That game's going to be absolutely nuts. I need Nevada to beat Boise State here, rile off a few wins, and for, for that Nevada-Fresno State game to be huge. But um, I just, I just want to speak to both sides here. Nevada will be better when the ball's in Carson Strong and Romeo Dubs' hands. Just get those to the ball, and you're going to win games. Boise State, if you just get Khalil Shakir the ball, you're going to be much more successful, and that's what we saw last week. They got him his 10 catches, I think, for 100-whatever yards and, and the touchdown, I believe. If they get the ball in Shakir's hands, it's just a dynamic talent and, and another future NFL stud receiver, they're going to win games, so – I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm just going Nevada 38-30. I'm hoping that they, they they call a more aggressive game. Brian, who are you feeling in Nevada-Boise State? Uh, man, I, I was going to say Boise, but but Liam just, just did a pretty good argument there. I think I'm going to change my pick to Nevada. I think uh, Carson Strong is probably one of the uh, the best quarterbacks in, in this class. And um I just, I think I just trust him more uh, to 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 pull out a win. I know they're in Boise, and you know it's obviously a hard place to play. Uh, but I think I'm gonna. I was really going with Boise for a while, but I think I'm gonna switch it up. I think I'm gonna go with Nevada on this one. 
Dave, we're going to wrap it up with you. Uh, how are you doing for this one? I think Boise State's going to win. I, I just feel like they're the better team overall. They've got a big one with BYU on the road next week. This is usually about the time they kind of get rolling. It's been a little bit of a disappointing start for them. So I, I But I think they're the better team, and I think they win this game. The last two times I've picked Boise State games, I've picked incorrectly. I picked them to beat Oklahoma State. Um, and then I picked Utah State to beat Boise State. That was a dumb pick. I'm not really sure why I went with that one. Um, I'm not going to make that mistake a third time. I'm going to go with Boise State for this one. I do think this is going to be a really entertaining game like Liam talked up. Uh, the one thing I really want to see, though, is can Boise State get that run game going? Can they get George Halani going? Cyrus Habibi Likio, my guy, can they get him going? Um, I think Carson Strong is going to have a really good game. Uh, he has played on the Smurf turf before, even though he's never played against Boise State in his career. Uh, he's a famous Idaho potato bowl legend. So I feel like he's going to have a really good game, but I think Boise state, I do think they're the better team right now. I'm going to go with them 34 31. Now we go to Texas and TCU. Dave, you're calling this game. We're not going to have you pick, you know, just for the sake of keeping everything, um, you know, legally where it should be. But uh, I want to know what you're looking for. What's kind of some stuff that's popped out on tape and just what, what you're looking forward to. Well, I think it goes back to Bijan Robinson again. Uh, you know, we highlighted him at the top of our telecast last week, and you know he delivered. Casey Thompson played great, man. It uh, you know for Sark to make that change early in the year, even though Hudson Card played well, just not good enough. He said, you know, for whatever reason, our team when Casey Thompson's on the field, we produce. He made the change, and there is a noticeable difference. They those those guys and Hudson Card's a really good player. I think he's going to be really good. But they just – they follow Casey Thompson. You know, he's been around. He's been the backup. Um, and they've got, you know, some really good young talent. Uh, Xavier Worthy, Keelan Robinson, and obviously, you know, Bijan Robinson. Uh, I, I just – TCU, I don't know what's going on with them defensively. But TCU has, you know, owned this series for the most part. Beat them last year when Texas was in the top ten. Won six of the last seven meetings with Texas. So – Obviously, we hope, but we always hope it's a close game, right? <laughs> close game, uh, better for TV, better for us. Um, I'm not sure that we'll have that, though. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, Liam, I know this is the game that's at the top of your, your schedule here. You were hyping this up last night when we were talking. Who are you going with in this one? Yeah, I can't wa wait to watch this game just like I couldn't wait to watch TCU play SMU last week. Just another fun early morning game for me on the West Coast that I get to watch. I'm going with Texas. A lot of points, close score. That'll make Dave and the rest of his crew happy. I'm going Texas 41 to 35. Uh, the thing I'm looking for here is obviously the running backs. It's not just Bichon. It's TCU's star, Zach Evans, who I got a lot of hate for having him in my top five running backs entering the season. Now, he's showing that he's legit and he's going to be a star for, for years to – well, another year after this one because then he's off to the NFL. But he's going to be a star for a good while. He's averaging eight yards a carry. His contact balance is ridiculous. We saw that on display last week against SMU. He riled off of like 35, 40-yard run after – just incredible balance he has played. And then Bijan, it's not just his running ability. This is going to make him so much money in the NFL. His receiving ability, he's averaging 18.1 yards per catch. What is that? He's, he's a sensational talent, man. He's so slippery and elusive. I can't 
I can't wait to watch these two running backs just go go toe-to-toe and try to outdo each other. Your score prediction was extremely close to mine. I have Texas 42-34. I think this might be the most fun matchup of that early slate, and there are a lot of really good games. I do think Arkansas and Georgia and Michigan Wisconsin are going to be kind of slugfest. I think if you're an offensive guy, you got to tune into this one because this is going to be really fun. Um, Casey Thompson, like Dave said, I think he seems to be the right fit after all the drama early in the year. Um, you know, 70 points on Texas Tech. Now, TCU's defense hasn't been very good, but they're not Texas Tech bad, in my opinion, from what I've seen. But I still like all the pieces on the Longhorns offense. I think a little bit more than TCU's. Now, Zach Evans is the guy, you know, he is a dude, but I need to see a little bit more from Max Duggan in that passing offense. I just think that Texas has more pieces that can do damage against that TCU defense. So I expect B. John Robinson to have his best day of the year. I'm going Texas. Brian, who are you going with as a as a Texas fan of, uh, you know, you like Texas football, not the horn specifically, but just you, you eat that stuff up. So who are you going with this one? <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Texas as well. Um, I think that I, I think I alluded to when I was talking about Wisconsin and Michigan, how it's going to be a game of possession and is very slow and 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 top of slugfest there. I think it's kind of the same thing here, but I think it's whoever has the ball last um, is going to end up winning this game. Uh, yeah, Casey Thompson, man, he's a, he's a stud. I, I, I enjoy watching him play. I think Steve Sarkisian was a right hire for that program as well. I think he's gonna he's done an amazing job so far. They did have that hiccup against Arkansas, but you know we've seen what Arkansas has become since then. So um, you know I think that's more of a, a testament to Arkansas than it is to Texas. And uh, so yeah, I, I I do think Texas ends up winning this game. Um, Zach, I think Zach Evans, his talent is going to make it very interesting. Uh, uh, being speaking of Zach Evans, I'm kind of upset that he's not in a Georgia uniform. Imagine him in a Georgia backfield with the rest of the, those running backs and, and that offense that they have now and the whole, you know, drama with his, not with his letter of intent. But uh, anyway, that's near here or there, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to do, I think Texas is going to win this one. Um, it's nice to see somebody other than Sam Ellinger under center for Texas. I mean, he's been there since 2005, it feels like. So, uh, but I do, th- I think Texas is going to win. I think it's kind of close to you guys, 42-35. I think they win late, uh, like la- maybe last minute field goal to win. Um, that's what that's what I think. I mean, la- last minute touchdown to win. Now we have another top ten matchup, and it's really exciting that a game like this, a Group of Five powerhouse against you know such a a, a storied program, this is getting the hype that it deserves. Uh, Liam, we're going to start with you with Cincinnati against Notre Dame. Who are you going with in this one? Well, I think everyone would expect me to pick Cincy here, but I am taking Notre Dame 27 to 17. I think Desmond Ritter is going to struggle early. We saw him struggle mightily. Him and that offense were not in sync when they played at Indiana. Things turned when McFadden on the Indiana was forced out of the game due to targeting. And bad rule. Talk about that too much. Won't talk about it here, but uh, I think Kyle Hamilton is going to make things real difficult. They have other super talented defenders that are going to make life difficult for Ritter and the rest of us offense uh i think the cincy defense is going to play well though 27 to 17 i just think notre dame's just going to be too much in the end dave i know you'll be tuned into texas and tcu but you know what are you looking for in cincinnati notre dame and who are you picking well liam mentioned that indiana game we we did that game it was uh yeah it was interesting to see how everything totally changed because desmond ritter did not play great in that game they're still pretty good on defense and Desmond Ritter is a really good player. I think to beat Notre Dame, he's going to have to be great. And I feel like at some point Notre Dame's really going to get the run game going. 
Um, I, I just feel like it's this week, but I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think it's probably, you know, a 16, 13, 17, 14 type of game, but I think Notre Dame's going to win. Yeah. I, I definitely remembered that Cincinnati Indiana game. And, you know, I, I think Ritter will have, I think a, a little bit better start. I kind of expect him to be a little bit better in this, this go around, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll give my pick shortly. I want to give Brian the floor here because I know he's kind of our expert on this one. So who are you going with in this one? Yeah. So uh, I'm really looking forward to Notre Dame's defense. I think they were very pedestrian the first couple of weeks. We saw what they did against Florida state, you know, that first week of the season and kind of, uh, they were almost upset by Florida State, and we see what Florida State has become since then, and it's not good. So uh, you kind of had some. You kind of looked at Notre Dame at that point, like here we go again. The same Notre Dame team gets very overrated, top ten, you know, top ten uh, pulled to begin the season, and then they, you know, they fall off the tracks, uh, or they don't fall off the tracks and make it to the playoff and get demolished by Clemson or Georgia or, or Alabama. But um, they've kind of, kind of, you know, after that, after that. Uh, um, uh, Florida State game they've been able to kind of kind of pick it up I think they've got better every week that they've played especially that defense that defense has looked very good they looked very good last week against Wisconsin um, I don't know if Cincinnati has seen uh, a team like Notre Dame um, I think the closest and I keep bringing it up and I know I'm, I'm trying I promise I'm not being a homer but uh, last year uh, it, it, in the bowl against Georgia I think that that's kind of the team that that, that kind of defense you know and they played significantly well against that team last year so um I'm very excited. It, it was very hard for me. I kind of went back and forth on this a lot. I think it's going to be a close game as well. Um, I do think it's going to be kind of what Dave said, a 17-14, 21-17 type matchup. Um, I think I think Cincinnati is going to eke it out at the end. Um, I do like Desmond Ritter a lot. I think if, if you give Desmond Ritter the ball last, I think he might be able to march down the field and, 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 and score late. Um, or I do uh, trust that defense to make that one final stop at the end. Um, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati 21-17, 17-14 um, around there. But it'd be a low-scoring game for sure. I actually kind of expect this one to be a little bit higher scoring. I had a higher score in this one. Um, I think this is a huge game for both teams, right? You talked about an opportunity for Notre Dame to kind of keep proving people wrong and to tack on strong wins um, after the Florida State win. wasn't all that impressive, you know, now that Florida State's fallen apart. Um, the Wisconsin win, I don't know what's going to happen with Wisconsin, but I don't expect them to really hop back into the rankings and be as high as they were. Um, the Toledo game, the Purdue game, they kind of struggled a little bit. Um, and it's huge for Cincinnati, right? Because it's an opportunity for them to prove that they are a contender despite, you know, um, being a group of five teams. So if they can win in South Bend, I mean, that might be their, their best regular season win in program history. Um, now, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think Notre Dame is going to win this one in a close one. And Dave talked about it. I think, you know, Notre Dame needs to find that run game, which has been really surprising because Kyron Williams in years past has been just an absolutely fantastic running back. Um, and he's been more of a kind of a pass catcher than a guy who's really going to hurt you on um, on the ground. So I think they do find that run game against Cincinnati. And I think they pulled this one out. Um, I got Notre Dame 30 to 28. Hey, just one, one last point uh, before we, we, we move on is this is the best, chance for a group of five team to make the playoff uh that we've seen and we might see moving forward so um if cincinnati can end up winning this game i think that they that clears the path for them to make the playoff that gives them that signature win uh so you know obviously there's we got to know what's we we have to figure out what's gonna happen in the sec with with georgia and alabama and and, and old miss and florida and all that you know what what's gonna happen there but um you know the the 
the, the sky's kind of open for a team like Cincinnati to make the playoff for the finally a group of five teams to sneak in there. So this is a big win for them. And I, that, I think that's going to carry them to victory. What's well, interesting. You brought that up. The, uh, the playoff predictor that we use, it says, I think right now Cincinnati has like a 9% chance going into the game, but if they win and go undefeated, it goes up to like 70. I'm not sure I believe that. I think if they beat Notre Dame and win out, they'll have the committee's attention, but they're still going to need help. I just feel like the committee, I just have a hard time seeing a group of five team get in unless you've got chaos going on in some of the other conferences and Cincinnati runs the table. And, and real quick, you do speak the chaos there. there. There's been some, some talk about this potentially being a light version of what we saw in 2007. I personally hope that we do have a 2007 V2 uh, on our hands, but you know, that would really help since we go a long way. Maybe we see a curse of number two or number three this year and, and have some fun. I'm talking about another team that's, you know, that could down the line with some huge wins get into the playoff uh, conversation is Ole Miss and they face, you know, no tougher opponent than Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Uh, Brian, I want to start with you. You're kind of the SEC guy. Um, who are you looking for to kind of break out in this one and, and what's your pick? I mean, it's easy to go with Matt Corral. I'm very excited to see Matt Corral play in this game. Uh, I've been I've been circling since the first since that Monday night against it, when they played against Louisville. I've had Old Miss on my radar. I've been watching them closely, and I think they're very very good. Um, I, I mean, it's Alabama though. It, it seems it always it always happens where teams are coming out strong. They come out strong. They come out very you know they have a chance to win. Though they have a chance to they. I have a top five, a top five team, and then they run into Alabama, and then they just get derailed. Not only do they lose to Alabama, they lose two or three games down the line as well. For some reason, as soon as they hit Alabama and they get demolished, they just completely sucks the win out of their sails and just just demoralizes that 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 team, and then it just goes haywire from there. But I'm very interested to see uh, Matt Crow play against this Alabama defense. Um, you know that it's it's the story of Alabama. They've always had a very stout defense. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. I, I, if, if this game was, uh, wasn't in Tuscaloosa, I might, might be inclined to pick Ole Miss. I really, really want to pick Ole Miss, but I, I just can't with it being in Tuscaloosa. Um, but you know, Alabama again, I don't know how they, Nick Saban is, he's just, he's insane. I don't understand how you can go in, in a four year period or almost a four year, five year period. You go uh, from Jalen Hurts the two attack of Aloha to Mac Jones to uh, uh, Bryce Young in secession without any sort of, you know, we see what's going on with Clemson right now. Um, they don't, they haven't had that. And it's insane how it just continues to happen. Um, it, I think it'll be a closer game than a lot of people think. I think I'm going to go a very, maybe 35 to 31, something like that. Uh, and I think maybe Alabama pulls late, pulls away late like they usually do, but I think it'll be a very close game. And if, if Ole Miss can kind of, you know, keep their foot on the pedal throughout, you know, throughout the, throughout the game, I think they might have a chance, but I just can't see it happening in Tuscaloosa. So uh, give me Alabama on, on this one. Those little Debbie cookies, man. It's those oatmeal cookies for Nick Saban. That's what keeps him going. Um, Liam, is there any chance that you pick Ole Miss on this one? Uh, no, but I'll root for them real hard. Love watching Ole Miss teams. Uh NWO, those nasty wideouts. We've seen Elijah Moore, DK Metcalf, Mr. Lodge, AJ Brown. They have so much talent, wide receiver, all the time. They 
do have a stud right now in Dontario Drummond. I don't project the same NFL like stardom. Uh, he's actually, I think, 24 years old right now, which is pretty nuts. The receiver I'm looking at on Ole Miss, Jonathan Mingo, I think he's the next NWL. They've got big fan of his. Two defenders I'm looking for in this game are on Alabama. LeBron Ray, who finally played last week, he's been banged up his entire career. I think he's a force on the defensive line. Then Malachi Moore, defense back, absolute star. I'm picking Alabama 35 to 34. I'm rooting for Ole Miss. I'm hoping that we could see Lane throw his clipboard again, need that content. And I just wanted to say thank you, the UCLA, for not recruiting Pasadena native Bryce Young. Really good decision. Uh, uh, Dave, let's go to you with Ole Miss and Alabama. Is this going to be a game that, you know, once you get back, you're going to be tuned into? Oh, yeah, definitely. What was the final last year? 63-48, something crazy like that. You know, Ole Miss scored, but they, they couldn't stop them. I think it'll be similar. I don't know. It's not going to be that high scoring, but I think it'll be something like, you know, 48-34. to 34. I think I think Alabama uh, – I think Alabama – is Alabama and Georgia to me are in a class by themselves right now. So I, I don't, I think Ole Miss can hang with them, but I, I just feel like Alabama's offense, it used to be, we'd always talk about their defense, but their offense the last four years has been unstoppable and I don't see it changing. Yeah. It seems like every time we pick an, an Alabama game, you know, it's always like we talk up this one team, you know, Ole Miss, you talked about Florida a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, they're really good. They do this, this, this. And then it's Alabama and, you know, you just, you just can't really, unless it's like on the road, like I feel like Brian said, you kind of feel a little bit more inclined to kind of, kind of play around with the idea of picking against Alabama. That's never usually a good idea. Um, I'm not going to go with that here. I'm going Alabama 38, 28. I just think that, you know, Ole Miss is going to have a really good offensive day. I think we talked about Cincinnati getting the attention. I think Ole Miss will get the attention like Florida did last week. Um, Alabama's defense needs to step up. Like you talked about, I think, you know, that linebacker core needs to stop the run because Ole Miss does it all offensively. Um, they're one of the few teams that average over 300 yards passing and 250 yards rushing. I think Utah state was one of those. They kind of dipped after their loss last week. I think it's just Ole Miss and UCF that are in that ballpark, but I think Ole Miss is going to have a really good day. I think Alabama is going to have a better one. I like Alabama in this one. And Dave, I want to go back to you. For Auburn and LSU, this one's going to be kind of interesting because, you know, who knows who's going to start for Auburn at quarterback and LSU. They're still kind of figuring things out, looking like a better team than last year. Who do you got in this one? Seems like LSU started to figure it out. I, I'm going LSU. Auburn should have lost last week. And yeah, they're, they're a mess of quarterback right now. So I think a, a late game in Baton Rouge, it seems like LSU start to come together. Uh, certainly look like a better team this year so i'm i'm going with the tigers auburn or excuse me lsu in this game well tigers yeah uh liam who are you going with for auburn and lsu well how many times do we see it and it happens in college basketball too of course how many times do we see a team go out and just struggle against an inferior opponent and it's it's just inexcusable it, it doesn't make any sense and then they come out the next week and they knock off a much better team why on earth am I even picking Auburn here? I don't know. I'm picking Auburn to win 27 to 24. 
Uh, maybe I got confused by the Tiger logos. I have no clue. I think TJ Finley actually will have a solid game. I liked the tools that I saw from him last week. I think it, we are recording this on Tuesday. It'll be out on Thursday. Maybe on Wednesday there is quarterback news and it's Bo Nick starting, but I'm approaching this as if Finley is starting. Six foot seven quarterback is fun to watch. Looking for him to have some the chip on his shoulder revenge factor here against his former Tigers of LSU. And then, I mean, speaking about everything podcast we do, Kayshawn Butte on LSU, the best receiver in the country that doesn't play for the Buckeyes. Guy is a monster. And again, I got hate for having him as my number three receiver in the country entering the year. Come on. This guy is an absolute joy to watch. He's going to be a, a, a freak in the NFL. And he does face a tough, stingy Auburn defense that has some good DBs. Looking at Smoke Monday and Namaya Pritchett to make some big plays in this game, maybe pick off Max Johnson. Uh, hopefully Max doesn't throw the ball backwards like he did against UCLA. Still don't know what that was about, but it was sick, <laughs> even though it was a complete de- uh, debacle. But, uh, yeah, going with Auburn 27 to 24, and I don't know why. Brian, who are you going with, and do you know why? <laughs> um, I do know why. I do. I am going to go with LSU, um, you know, just, you know, Death Valley at night. You know, it's, it's, it's probably one of the hardest places to play in college football. It, it's just incredible. Uh, so – um, but I do think that the storyline with TJ Finley is, is, is very intriguing, you know, playing your former team, you know, on the road in your former stadium. Um, if he gets to start, I don't know, you know, we want to, we want to bring up the story that happened last week. I mean, it's Georgia Southern. I mean, congratulations, Georgia State. Uh, State. Sorry. Yeah. Georgia State. Uh, congratulations. You beat Georgia State. Like, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, but if if that if that might propel Auburn to kind of go up and and, and win, um, the only reason I would I would pick Auburn is because I need as many ranked teams to keep bolstering Georgia's schedule. Um, you know, even though Georgia looks incredible, but you know you can you can you can never beat too many ranked teams. So uh, I'd be nice to Auburn just to stay ranked, but I don't think it's going to happen. They're, I think LSU is going to win. I think it's going to be thirty four to twenty one something like that. Um, so that's 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 where I'm going with that one. Yeah, that Georgia State game, um, I only watched the last few minutes of it because I don't know why you would watch that one from the jump, but um, that Georgia <laughs> State game proved to me that Auburn is not quite as legitimate a team as I expected. Um, you know, they were shutting teams out, winning 60-something to nothing the first two, and now those were kind of cupcake games, and I expected this one to be that too. I thought it was impressive for Georgia State to stay in it as long as they did, but Bo Nix has kind of failed to impress me since that Oregon game that we're not going to talk about, um, and TJ Finley is – if he's the next best option, I don't think they're that much better, but I do think there's a little bit more of that pop, that kind of energy on the offense. Um, I mean, he was bouldering dudes on and then just chucking it. That guy's talented, but um, they need guys like Tank Bigsby to go off. I think Tank Bigsby's going to need to have his best day in order to stay in this one. Uh, but I like LSU a little bit more than the other guys did. Uh, I like him 28 to 10 in this one. I don't think Auburn. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, and then, and I just one last thing I wanted to say from on else as well is with LSU is they, they really need to show, especially uh, Coach George, they need to show that they can get out of that shadow of the 2019 season. Um, you know, that kind of just it feels like that kind of lingers. That's kind of lingering, lingering around that program uh, is just to have that historic season and then basically just one and done and immediately go back. You know, kind of fall back off the off off the face of the earth on that. So I really think I really. 
having a win like this, you know, against a ranked opponent kind of get you back, kind of start building that confidence again and kind of get you out of that shadow of the 2019 season with Joe Burrow and Joel Brady. Um, and I think that's going to be very good for the program and very good for Coach O because I think he he's a good coach and you know you don't want to you don't want to make it seem that you know he only won because he had that historic offense with an, uh, with a historic quarterback and, and Joe Brady. So uh, that's going to be fun to watch as well. We have got three more games left. We're going back to the SEC for one more. Um, we want to speed it up just a little bit. Um, Dave, we're going to start with you with Florida and Kentucky. Do you think uh, Kentucky could pull off the upset here? <sighs> I know everybody's talking about like this is going to be a great game. I I I don't. I, I think Florida, I think Florida is better than people think. The, the game against Alabama proved it. They pulled away against Tennessee. It seems like they figured out their quarterback situation. I, I think Florida's actually going to roll. I may end up being wrong and Kentucky wins this game, but I, I just feel like maybe we're sleeping on Florida a little bit. So I'm I, I think Florida's going to win. Uh, I think it'll be something like you know 27 to. 10 something along along those lines i don't think it'll be very close and i think i think florida will will win thanks to uh you know kind of emory jones now really grabbing a hold of that running and throwing the ball just absolutely torched tennessee last week yeah i definitely think he had his his best game after people were kind of like questioning you know if he was the guy should anthony richardson be in there which i still think they should use him but we'll get into that a little bit later liam who are you going with with florida and kentucky yeah, we could get into that right now. Anthony Richardson needs more playing time. I, I just, I know he's been hurt, but now nah, he's just an absolute joy to watch. And I think he's well-deserving and has shown that he should be the QB one of this team, even though Emory did have a good week last week. Uh, I, I, I am in complete agreement with Dave. I think Florida is a much better team than they're perceived to be. I have them winning this one 35 to 14. I I, I do expect them to roll Kair Elam, one of the true shutdown corners in the country. And yeah, just Florida rolls. Brian, let's go to you. Who you pick? Do you I know you had Kentucky? You were the only guy who voted Kentucky in the in the top 25. Are you going with them this week? I, I really as much as I want to, I I, I can't. Um I need a you know, as much as I would love to see Florida lose, uh, which I'm the I'm the number one Flor- uh, Florida Gator hater, but uh, they haven't beat Kentucky hasn't beat Florida at home since 1986. That's that's incredible. That's insane to think about. You haven't beat an opponent in your own house since 1986. Um, so almost almost 40 years now. So I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, I think Florida wins. I think they win it. You know, fairly convincingly. Uh, maybe it's a close game and then they pull away late or they kind of, they they're leading big and then they kind of just get lackadaisical and they kind of can, they come back a little bit at the end. So I think the score may be like 28 to, to, to 17, but I could see it being like 28 to seven or 28 to three for a while before kind of, they kind of pick it up a little bit, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Florida wins this one as well. Yeah, I like Florida in this one as well. And for one reason in particular, Florida has the most rushing yards in the country by a team that's not a military school. They average over 320 rushing yards a game. They have so many weapons that can run the ball too. And Kentucky, they have a really good run defense, but I just don't think it's going to hold up. Um, If Kentucky's going to stay in this one, I think it's because of Chris Rodriguez. I think he's a fantastic running back. I don't really like their passing offense as much as I thought. Now, it's still better than when they had Terry Wilson, but... I just don't think it's going to be very effective against that Florida secondary. I like Florida 41 to 17. 
Uh, we're going to go with a Big 12 matchup. I'm going to go back there for Baylor and Oklahoma State. This one's a ranked matchup. Didn't really think that was going to happen in week five. But uh, Dave, I want to start with you. Who are you liking in this one? Yeah, you know, I'm a little surprised Texas wasn't ranked this week. Uh, three and one with one loss against a top 10 team. I'm a little surprised that they're not ahead of Baylor and Oklahoma State. I think they're better than both those teams. Uh, I, I don't know that we're going to know for sure if either team is real, even after this game. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Um, I, I think Oklahoma State wins. I think they're they're probably the better team. I think offensively, uh, they're they're better. But I think Baylor's a good story. That it seems like they're back and at least being competitive again. But I I'm not sure how good either team really is. I, I I'm wondering if at the end of the year, you know, both teams are in the middle of the pack in the in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's definitely a, an interesting take. You know, they've had, I think Oklahoma State's had some really impressive wins. Baylor, you know, they're kind of back, like you said. So uh, I think this could kind of show what each team is capable of, but maybe not prove how the rest of their season will go. Um, Brian, who are you going with in Baylor and OK State? Uh, I'm going to go with Baylor. I'm just keeping it short. I really like Baylor. I've always had a soft spot for Baylor for a while. Uh, so, you know, I don't really have a lot of interest in this game. I kind of just kind of, it's just one of those, you know, it's a ranked, it's a ranked game, but like Dave said, I don't think either team is going to be significantly good, you know, down the stretch. So I'm going to go with Baylor um, just, just because I like Baylor, honestly. And Liam, we'll go to you. Yeah. We're picking a classic truck stops conference. This game. <laughs> I have Oklahoma state wing 24 to 17. And it's honestly, I, I don't think they're very good. I don't think Baylor's very good. Kansas State, I don't think they're very good. I can't, I'm i picking Oklahoma State strictly because of our guest two weeks ago, Jack Mack of Barstool, who had the an insane take that Oklahoma State is going to be in the playoff talks eventually. So I am literally only picking Oklahoma State because I want his insane prediction to become true. <laughs> okay, I'm not as high as on you know Oklahoma State as Jack Mack is um I'm actually going with Baylor in this one too and I think the reason why is because they can win in a number of different ways and that's kind of impressed me they can score a lot of points um but their defense did a really good job against Iowa State um and they got outgained 479 to 282 against Iowa State but they you know they had six fewer penalties um Iowa State did and they just like they had the ball for a long time but I think what Baylor did that impressed me was they got timely stops. They got timely turnovers. Um, they got, they forced punts on long drives and they converted when they had really good field position. So, you know, and I think Taylor, what's that? I was just going to say, Iowa state is who we thought they were. That's true. Yeah. I know you've been on top of that all season long. Um, I don't think they can repeat the same performance against Oklahoma state in Stillwater. I don't think they're going to, um, you know, offensively kind of struggle. I think they'll do a little bit better. Um, I like Baylor 37, 34, and we're going to wrap it up with the guy who's wearing the track jacket for UCLA. We're going with Arizona state and UCLA. Liam, what are you looking for? And who do you got? Yeah. Love wearing the jacket with all UCLA's basketball national championships on it. Definitely not football. Um, I, I, uh, have a 34 to 27 score for the other team picking ASU. Uh, I gang chase Lucas back the Monte Trianum, uh, Brian Thompson. That's huge for them. All three guys are big time players for them. I I'm really high on chase Lucas. I think he's going to make life difficult for DTR. DTR is also coming into the game banged up. 
shoulder. I'm not even sure which one, which shoulder it is. I don't know if he knows which shoulder is hurt because there's been weird discussions about this. Um, possibly both shoulders are hurt. I have no clue. Chip Kelly is going to need to design a, a big time uh, run. He's going to have to be huge in the run design game here. Uh, Merlin Robertson's the guy I'm also watching for ASU at linebacker. I think he's going to be very important in uh, the run stuff game and pass coverage. I think he's a future NFL player. We did see him get stripped by Tyler Algier the other week, which impressive play by Algier. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I think UCLA needs to get Cam Brown the ball more receiver. I think to win this game, they have to be very effective on the ground and kind of limit their passing attack. When they do pass, we are going to see them use their infamous crossers play that they killed LSU with and used a bunch against Fresno State, Stanford. Uh, and then Sean Ryan on UCLA, best offensive lineman on the West Coast. Ryan, who are you going with in this one? Uh, I'm going to go with UCLA. Uh, I think I still think they're very good. I don't. I know they they had that stumble against Fresno State, but I don't think you know they we, there was a lot of hype around them after the winning after the win against LSU, and I don't think it's gone away just because they lost to Fresno State. You know, it's gone. Yeah, it's definitely not as 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 hype as it used to be, but you know, but I still like UCLA a lot. Uh, DTR, I think he's he's a very good. Uh, he's very athletic. I le- I really like him a lot. So I'm gonna go with UCLA. Um, I'm probably not gonna be awake for me, but Pac-12 after dark gets crazy, man. So the crazy things have happened. At, at midnight so we'll see what happens there but i'm gonna go with ucla dave are you gonna stay up for this one and who do you like i think arizona state's gonna win this game i think it'll be high scoring i think the pac-12 needs ucla to win this game to get a yeah. second team in the conversation because of that win over lsu it helps the pac-12 if lsu keeps winning but i i, I think arizona state wins it um i i'm i wouldn't be surprised if it's a 42 to 28 type score uh i I just i don't know the fresno state game i thought ucla was going to win that game and then the way it kind of finished i just wonder i think chip kelly's done a good job there at least this year getting the bruins at least relevant again and i think the pac-12 really needs ucla to keep winning uh but i i don't i don't think it's going to happen this weekend I think I need them to keep winning because I picked UCLA to win the South. And I think that this would definitely put them in position to do that. Um, I think Arizona state needs to play a lot cleaner football. You saw against BYU, they had a ton of penalties. I think it was 16 penalties. And they had 17 points. Um, I, I do think that Arizona state's offense needs to pick it up in terms of passing. We know they can run the ball. They get train them back. Rashad white is a monster. Um, but I, I kind of need to see that, you know, down the field action with the passing game. Same with UCLA. Now they have those threats like Dulcich and Cal Phillips, but I do think that, you know, it's going to come down to those two quarterbacks and who can make the plays at the end of the game. I'm actually going with UCLA in this one in a close one. I'm going 38-35 UCLA. Um, and that's going to do it for us. Dave, I want to, you know, give the floor to you um, to, to plug your socials. Where can people find you and uh, what do you got going on? Sure. So I already talked about the games going on with uh, – with college football and, and NFL. Uh, you can follow along on Twitter at Dave Pash. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, about a month and a half ago, started a new podcast that's through the Arizona Cardinals brand. But we've had on uh, James Roday, who's an actor from Psych and A Million Little Things. Uh, we're going to have some basketball people on. It's, it's not just NFL. It's not just Cardinals, even though we've had Kurt Warner, Cliff Kingsbury, Buda Baker, 
Uh, we've had Steve Levy and Brian Greasy from ESPN on, Mina Kimes, Scott Hansen, the host of NFL Red Zone. So uh, I, I, I love it. It's something I haven't done in a long time, the, the talk show type of format. So it's kind of cool for me, even though I'm mostly asking questions. It's just kind of fun to, to interview people and be in that role. So I'm enjoying that uh, along with, uh, you know, with basketball starting here soon, man, I'm going to be crazy busy, but I love it. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. We hope you had fun. We hope you didn't take too much of your time. And uh, thank you, everybody, to list, for listening and tuning in on YouTube. Um, follow us on Twitter at TPortalCFB. We've got tons of content coming out this week because we've got a huge slate of games. Check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere that you can support us. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.